Cracked Movie Club. Have you heard Cracked Movie Club yet? It's our new podcast with Earwolf, dedicated to nothing but the best films of all time. No other movie podcast combines behind-the-scenes revelations, mind-blowing fan theories, and straight-up funny people being funny, quite like Cracked Movie Club. It's also a weekly show that devotes each month to one director, giving you insights and smart-sounding things to say about that director that you won't get from any other podcast. Become more awesome by listening to Cracked Movie Club. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, and on all other sources of quality podcasting. And let hosts Tom Ryman and Abe Epperson bring you the high-quality movie hangout your ears deserve. Guys, we want to take a break to celebrate something special at Earwolf. It's a landmark for for them and for podcasting in general, and I think just for comedy. Comedy Bang Bang, the very first Earwolf podcast hosted by Earwolf co-founder Scott Aukerman, also known as Pot Soccer Mom. Uh, They just put out their 500th episode. It's a Hall of Fame kind of show with... All the special guests you love, Paul F. Tompkins, Lauren Lapkus, Nick Kroll, Jason Mansukas, And of course, they always have an open door policy as, you know, it's very standard with podcast tapings. People walk in. Uh, so you never know who's going to walk in on that show. So let's all celebrate and listen to Comedy Bang Bang's 500th episode and Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. And I'm going to have some cake while I do it. It's like a birthday. <laughs> Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of The Cracked Podcast. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm the head of podcasting here at Cracked. I am also known as Schmitty the Clam, and I am also, also digging our new theme music. How about that, huh? You know, I I don't know if you noticed, but you were listening to the first ever Cracked Podcast episode with our new theme song. And that song is Chicago Falcon by the Budos Band. It comes to us courtesy of their very chill record company, Daptone Records. If I can get music geeky for a second, that's a label to check out. If you like funk, soul, Afrobeat, good music in general, uh, you might have already heard some of their artists. They're home to Charles Bradley, Antibalas, Sugarman 3, Menahan Street Band, Sharon Jones. May she rest in peace. Anyway, anyway, the label's like a great playlist. They're worth checking out. And that's your pal Schmitty's music tip for this music Monday, or or whichever day. Listen to us whenever. Also want to say, I've been a huge Budos Band fan for, I think, like seven or eight years now. I saw them live at the Bell House in Brooklyn, and I've been following them ever since. I'm so glad we can have their horn section welcome you to our podcast. Um, anyway, this podcast is more than a music show. It is a talking show filled with the music of the human voice. And today's episode is our latest live episode from the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. We perform this one for a lovely crowd of humans, and I hope only humans, because boy did we do a lot of important human defense planning on this one. This month's live show topic was the following. Which animals could Planet of the Apes us if they wanted to? I hope you follow my meaning when I use Planet of the Apes as a verb. You know, which animals could Planet of the Apes us? Which animals, if they theoretically got smarter somehow, could get organized and kick humanity off its spot at the top of the planetary hierarchy? They're gunning for number one. They want to blue shell us. It's a Mario Kart thing. Anyway, we cover so many animals on this episode, you guys. It turns out there's a lot of them. Uh, And I can tell you right now, we skipped apes because the movies cover that. 
those movies totally ignore the looming threat of dolphin kind. That's right, dolphins. They might seem like the clowns of the ocean. And sure, maybe actual science or real published papers or whatever say that dolphins are not organizing an army and are not bent on taking over Earth's port cities to turn our swimming pools into porpoise apartments. But here's some other stuff science does say. Pacific bottlenose dolphins are learning to use sea sponges as tools. That's right, a handless species figured out tools. I thought you needed hands for that, but dolphins are putting the sponges on their noses because it turns out they use their noses to kind of root around on the ocean floor and in rocks and stuff. And so the sponge protects their nose from damage while they're rooting around like a handy tool. Also, here's something other dolphins are doing. They're using conch shells as scoops to catch fish. They're, they've been observed scooping a bunch of fish up with a shell and then dumping out the shell of fish into their mouth. Yeah, that's for real. Dolphins are dumping sacks of food into mouths. That's not just a people trade anymore. Are our snacks even safe? Probably not, maybe. Anyway, despite their cuteness, dolphins are methodical tool-using geniuses. They're also brutal as all hell. Uh, researchers at Savannah State University say some male bottlenose dolphins will try to convince the mother to mate with them by killing the mother's babies. And even the pink Amazon River dolphin, which is Earth's cutest dolphin, Google it, it's a species that eats piranhas for fun. Dolphins are up to some cold-blooded shit. Man, especially considering they're not literally cold-blooded. That is an actual biological thing. But anyway, I again, science does not say the Dolphin Navy has organized to send dolphin marines into our homes to take our fish sticks. But those surprising real behaviors I talked about before, combined with fun thought experiments where animals gang up on us for some reason, that's what we're talking about today. And one thing I love about our live shows is that the audience gets to participate. We always have a question session and suggestion session, so I'll be joined by several chill strangers who came out of the crowd to ask us fun questions. And I'm also joined by LA's most passionately animal-aware comedians. We've got a panel of Caitlin Gill, Joey Clift, Matt Kirshen, plus Cracked's own Daniel O'Brien and Katie Golden. I don't know if we plan the entire human counterinsurgency right there in the room, you know, in the comedy theater, but... I think we did a solid rough draft of it, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Anyway, enough chatter, because the dolphins are on the march, um, so please sit back or stand vigilantly with your local animal civilian defense team and enjoy this live episode of the Cracked Podcast. I'll catch you again at the end. Talk to you soon. Joining me tonight, uh, starting from my immediate right, uh, from Viceland and from her live show, Crab Apples, please welcome Caitlin Gill. Hi. Hey. Next on down from our own website, Cracked, and also the uh, Twitter account, Pro Bird Rights, please welcome Katie Golden. Hey, guys. Yeah. Oh, you guys are friendly. This is good. Uh, continuing on down from his podcast, Probably Science, the very wonderful Matt Kirshen. Hey, everyone. Yeah. And next door to him, uh, from his show at UCB, Chats on Cats, and the podcast, 25 Minutes of Silence, the one and only Joey Clift. Hello, humans. Yeah. And from our website, Cracked, and also the brave defense against Ant Kind. Please welcome Daniel O'Brien. Thank you, Alex. I'd like to talk about ants if there's time. 
Yeah, I think we can uh, probably start right there because uh, of all the species that could decide to hate us, uh, I feel that uh, ants are a big problem, and I mainly feel that because uh, you wrote a column about it and have been waging a war for years and years. Yeah, I, I don't want to come down too hard because I know there are a lot of people in here who probably know some like cool, good ants out there, and I'm not, this isn't a thing about all ants specifically. I'm sure there are some that are kind, like the one from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, Argentine ants specifically are the things that I'm coming after, and if you live in California, which you do, uh, you're familiar with them. They're the, the small blackish brownish ants that you see everywhere in the world. They're in all of our uh, floors and walls. They're in this theater right now. They're everywhere. And they don't belong here is, is the thing. Like, I'm, I'm generally... I'm from New Jersey where we had mosquitoes, and they're uh, a, a real pest, a real annoyance. But even them, I don't want to kill. I don't want to get rid of them because they're part of the ecosystem. They eat bacteria, like everything. It's the uh, circle of life kind of thing where even the most annoying insects protect you from something else, and we all have a purpose. Argentine ants don't. They're invaders. They came here from... Argentina, uh, they, they snuck on our boots and shoes and legs while we were shipping uh, uh, across continents and left a, a scent trail so other ants could follow them and do the same thing. And they came to uh, every single continent except Antarctica, which is uh, where I'm moving to. Uh, to lead this battle. And the thing about them is they, they, they have no goal but to spread and to uh, destroy everything in their path. In Australia, they've uh, wiped out the native ant species there. Some of them were 10 times larger. They've like driven out or completely wiped out all these bigger ants. In California, they got rid of all of our native ant species in like the deserts of California. And there were these horned lizards that relied on those ants to survive, and now those lizards, their population is down 50%. And in, this is all like within the last 100 years, these ants have spread to every continent but Antarctica. 500 miles of California are now covered in ants. They're uh, just about making it to Canada, and uh, with a lot of ants, even ants of the same like species or, or genus or whatever, uh, if they meet each other, they like fight for dominance. But the Argentine ants specifically, if you got a giant colony that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, they meet another Argentine ant colony, and now that's one. And that's one of the only species on the planet that does that. The other one is humans. And they form these super colonies. And in fact, super colony is not scary enough. They have global mega colonies, which means they have uh, one single colony that is in America, Europe, and Japan. It's the same colony. Researchers found that you take these ants and you put them in a bowl or wherever you put ants, <laughs> and Whoa, a general, well, general containing structure. Yeah, just a Stay on with your yeah. science work. Like a, yeah, like, like a plastic bucket. Yeah, and instead of fighting, they just like rub their antenna together, and they're like, you're, you're me, and I'm you, and, and like, what's Europe like? Let's talk about it, and while we fuck up all the humans, because that's their thing, and they, uh, I'm close to this problem. Uh, I woke up one morning in my apartment a couple years ago in Sherman Oaks, uh, because there was an ant biting my eyelid while I was asleep in bed. And I was like, that's interesting. And I moved. And then I went to <laughs> another apartment in Santa Monica, and there were ants there too. And like, I, I 
was so terrified of ants because I kept showing up and like I didn't I stopped cooking in my home because I didn't because I'm such a good cook and I didn't want the smell of my food to attract more ants so I like locked everything up in my fridge I didn't have silverware in the 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 drawer everything was in my fridge because that was the safest place and there were still just like ants hanging around because they 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 eat whatever just they can find question yep. uh, have you thought of moving to like the second story of a building <laughs> great question so I moved from that place to the third story of my current place. Um, and like I, I had uh, uh, exterminators come to, the, to, to both places and the exterminator like after three or four times of coming to my place leveled with me and he was like, look, it's just, it's not pest removal, it's pest control. We just like keep them at bay for a while, but we'll never stop them. Because, and this is true, with Argentine ants specifically, pesticide uh, gets them, again, I, I hate dropping science terms on people, super horned up. <laughs> Instead of killing them, it just makes them lay lots and lots of eggs. Like, it, it, it just grows their population. There's nothing we can do to stop them unless you just, like, like me, keep moving away. And uh, I, I think it sort of breaks the mold of this podcast because, because Schmitty wanted us to pick an animal no, that... No, don't if, break it. Don't if, do that. <laughs> It's, it's, it's too late, buddy. Um, <laughs> like, pick an animal that if they wanted to, they could plan out of the apes us. The ants are already doing it. They're already poised. They're already outnumbering us. They're in every continent except Antarctica. And they're, they, they, uh, it's not like uh, movies or other insects where it's like, oh, there's a queen. Destroy the queen and everything's fine. They have multiple queens. They don't give a shit. They're, they're just singularly poised. They're on one mission, and it's just spread and cover everything, and they don't belong, and I hate them. And... <laughs> No, that's it. There's uh, there's one other like small thing that I know about them. There's uh, a, a smaller insect called aphids or aphids. 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 Yeah. They produce a lot of sugar, and the ants love sugar. So they have some strange deal with the aphids where uh, they protect them from other predators in exchange for the sugar, which is yeah, what the mafia does. <laughs> so ants is mobsters. I, uh, so you mentioned that there was uh, an exterminator that told you, like, you can't control, or you can't, like, get rid of ants, you can only protect them, and they're only getting stronger. Have you ever seen that exterminator since then, and if the answer is no, do you think the ants ate him? Oh, yeah, thousand percent. Either the ants ate him, or he is, like, 900,000 ants with, like, a, a hard hat on. And I was like, you okay. can't stop the ants. I was like, no, I believe you. And now I'm king ant. <laughs> I, I, I have a few issues with Daniel here right now in general. Uh, every aspect. Of, I, I mean, like... Uh, just like, let's start with the hat. Uh, yeah, I mean, let, let's just start with... You know, I, I, I think we're, we're in liberal, uh, re liberal uh, Hollywood here. And um, I don't know. What I just heard there was Trump's America. What I, what I heard is they're not from here. They don't have. I'm fine with the things that are from here, but they come over to America in search of a better life. They're taking jobs from our California ants. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also deeply concerned with my rhetoric because there's a, there's a quote <laughs> from Alyssa Sur who uh, studies fucking terrifying ants, and she's like, in Argentina, ant colonies span tens of meters and are genetically diverse and highly aggressive towards one another, so population numbers never explode, and they are no threat to other plants and animals. So it sounds like if the ants would just stay there, everything would be fine on the planet. And I agree with you. I'm a monster for thinking that. But like it bit me on my eye, America. <laughs> Maybe it was just checking to see if you were awake and alive. It just wanted to like just see. How I you're was doing. after that. Like 
That ant bit, bit you in the eye, but he bit you in the eye because he was trying to find the American dream, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, I've never, I've had ants many times. I was in college and lived irresponsibly for years, inviting ants, practically laying out a welcome mat full of sugar water for them to come in and invade my personal space. I have felt them on me, but they are insignificant. Can they bite? They don't bite. They can't bite us. You're, was it biting uh, you, or was there an ant on your eyelid? And you was any action at that time? <laughs> I'm saying that what you you were you interpreted the action as a bite, but I question whether or not that is physically possible. Is there evidence that humans can be bitten by Argentine ants? That's a genuine question. I don't know how to answer you beyond anecdotal evidence of my <laughs> eyelid being bitten in the morning. I, I think there is some evidence that ants can bite you. I, ants can, but these ants, the little tiny ones that eat sugar in your house? Like ants with enormous pincher faces, sure. The ants that are like the size of your hand. The ants in MacGyver. Do you remember I mean, that episode of MacGyver? I, they could definitely bite. I mean, I'm so, with you on I, this one, Caitlin, on just on the grounds that ants as a species are sufficiently adorable to be the subject of two true. simultaneous competing yes. computer animations. <laughs> so, so the so greatest trick that ants have ever pulled <laughs> <laughs> is convincing thinking, thoughtful, college-educated people that they're harmless. And... Uh, uh, like, I'm, this is a fine hill for me to die on. I'm okay if I'm the last. Is it an ad hill? Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Are you afraid of an emergent intelligence that ants possess, perhaps? Like, all of them combined may have some sort of super intelligence together? No, I'm, I'm, I'm more worried. It's more, uh, like, Borg-related fears than anything else, because they, they, they haven't, they're not, like, in search of... A specific kind of food. They're not like reaching out because they want to do anything. They're just they're they're singularly focused on spreading for the sake of spreading. And there's no stopping them. There's no signs of stopping. They're never going to be satisfied. All they want to do is just like keep going and 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 be the dog that chases the garbage truck and then it gets the garbage truck and then it eats the garbage truck and then it like finds another truck. What, and what dogs do you know? <laughs> Cool ones. I have a follow-up question. Uh, is it ironic that the only place they can't survive is Antarctica? <laughs> yeah. These are the amount of puns we're going to do. Uh, we're just going to... Yeah, so strap uh, in, everybody. I'm sorry, are you anti-pun? Oh, boy. Oh, I, I invited that so tremendously. It hurts when um, other like people I do it. I can't stop. Uh, oh. well, I also... When you, Daniel, when you said the... Because I would, I would easily imagine with a species like that, like, as soon as they spread, they're not in touch with each other. Like, it's like, oh, they've gone California way, and now they're too far from, you know, the rest of... But... Uh, like they're in America and Europe and Japan, yeah. one colony. One they all colony, work together. same purpose. Like we can't. I don't think we're a match for them. If they ever decide to take us down, we're not a match. Like we can't get two political parties to agree on right. healthcare. And the ants across Japan, Europe, and America are still like, no, 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 no. Fuck the whole planet. Like we're we're in agreement, right? We we we've got this. Yeah, good. Like we <laughs> we we don't have that level of cooperation as humans, and. Uh, it scares me. Yeah. Well, like, I'm feeling under attack, right, like, already. The rest of the panel doesn't like me because of my, my bold, <laughs> uh, freedom-loving stance against ants. Yeah. I like you, Dan. And this is exactly what they want. The rest of us are two or three ants in a long coat, so that's why. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, like, two, two or three ants in a long coat. Yeah. <laughs> two or three ants in a long coat. <laughs> <laughs> right. that yeah. could bite you. 
Well, also, and I, I do want to blow out uh, when you said that they have <laughs> multiple queens. Like uh, this uh, thing I was reading about, it. apparently they have 300 queens per thousand workers. So like, there's no central leader to go after. That's it's like a mostly bloated executive structure. They should yeah. really think about restructuring. They need a consultant. <laughs> That's a lot of overhead. <laughs> like so many corner offices. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of, uh, speaking of animals that are sweeping across the globe, and we all know it, and we got to keep an eye on them. Uh, I get, man, the, the rhetoric being about animals is fine. It's very good. Uh, but uh, the house cat is something that uh, multiple people, when we were talking about this, were like, ah, uh, they're getting everywhere. I heard a few everywhere. people in the audience audibly gasp at that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when we were talking in advance, house cats came up right away. And I think, Caitlin, you in particular, you said, hey, I, I feel that cats are are ready to go. They're, They're ready here. to take over. They are, it's already happening. It yeah. has already begun. Sure, Ants made us made two, two animated movies. Two animated movies. The internet is like 78% cat content. <laughs> That's it. It's just all cats. All cats and then people arguing with each other. There's like 24% of the internet reserved for people to just make shitty comments to each other in a comment section. And then the rest is cats. That's all that's there. Cats have convinced us that they are totally adorable. We have had cat. We domesticated cats 9,000 years ago. That's how long we've been fascinated by them. There are anywhere from 70, it's, uh, 75 million cats just hanging out in the United States. 220 billion in the world. A million, sorry. Millions, Whoa, okay. millions we're going to get into in a minute. So there's maybe 220 million house cats, low estimate, 600 million high estimate. How much do they kill, though? How about 3.7 billion birds annually in the United States alone? 3.7 billion? 3.7 billion with a B and 20.7 billion mammals. That's just what they're killing while hanging out in our yards. They haven't even begun to organize. And if you think... <laughs> I hear applause right now. Someone has been waiting for that this moment. That applause is someone thousand. who knows what's going on. And that applause is someone who is probably unaffected by one of cats' most deadly weapons, the toxoplasmosis that exists in their dukes. That's right. When your cat drops a loaf in the litter box, there is a toxin in that loaf. And it works primarily on rodents for now. But... That, what that toxin does is convince a rodent, in particular, that the aroma of cat urine is not only enticing, but entirely compelling. So a rodent, then, with the, the toxoplasmosis working in its brain, is convinced the cat pee smells great, approaches a cat, and is easily eaten. They control our minds. They've already convinced us that we should let them in our house. We do everything for them. The only reason the cats haven't killed us is because we cater to their every need. We are useful to them. And the moment cats replace us with, I don't know, robots or whatever, they are going to go ahead and get use, rid of the useless meat that exists in our homes. If an ant bite you on the eyelid, I understand that's traumatic, but if you die in your own home, a cat will eat your face while you are still warm. And while you're still living, you're living with an animal that just has knives on its hands and feet at all times. Its mouth <laughs> is full of razors. We turned wolves into chihuahuas. That's not what happened with cats. Cats are just tiny tigers lurking in our homes, sleeping in our beds, again, shitting in some part of our house like, we think that's okay. Uh, <laughs> and I say this as someone who knows that my brain has been corrupted by cats through the years. Not only do I have one cat, no, two, no, three, no, four. I live with four cats, Kitty, Fig, and siblings, Anderson and Alice Cooper. I know. I know the effect that they can have. Do I have my old cat tattooed on my body? Yes, absolutely I do. That's how powerful. 
powerful their toxins are. I want you to know this comes from a place of love, but I know that I am part, I'm on the wrong side of history. I'll be holding a cat and hanging out with cats while they are eating my friends because that's how good they are. I know how wonderful cats are in our homes, the much, how much comfort they bring us, but what a long con we are all being played by. 9,000 years of getting us acclimated to their presence. Who knows when they're ready to strike, but they are already in our homes. Go ahead. What? Build a barrier against the invading force. Go ahead and try. We do it all the time with security systems in our homes when we know the killer is already inside. You're much more likely to be killed by somebody you already know than someone from somewhere else. <laughs> if I can just... That was amazing. Also, I'm a passionate Does that woman. not get a, uh, an applause yeah, break? Yeah, I think, uh, please. <laughs> and I'd also like to... The I'd panda li- bear could also kill us all. That is... Well, I'd also... I'd like to throw it to Joey real quick. Because, Joey, you, you run a, a talk show built around the cat. And I'd just like to ask you, why are you actively destroying human civilization? Why is that something... Okay, so uh, I host a cat-themed talk show here at UCB. It's very fun. And um, arguing, uh, arguing for an animal that isn't cats is a fate worse than death for me. So I'm already <laughs> very sad I didn't reply to the email soon enough. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Cats are cute. I love them. I love them, ah, He's been taken. He's been taken. I... I checked out a BuzzFeed list called 82 Facts About Cats, and uh, no lie, one of the facts in the list is cats are really cool, which is a fact that BuzzFeed has about cats. I have a cat-themed binder. Um, it was sourced, yeah. though. I mean, that was yeah. sort of, like yeah. peer-reviewed <laughs> in a scientific journal. Um, so uh, something that I wanted to follow up on that on. Um, when I was younger, I bought like this small book from a, uh, what was it? It was, like, it was like a grocery store, one of those kind of impulse buy things. And uh, it was about cats, and I think it was called, like, The Unknown Facts About Cats. And one of the facts was literally, cats can read your mind, which is insane to me. Of course they can. Like, like, for several pages, it went on about how, like, cats can't talk to you, but if you close your eyes and and you picture something, cats will be able to see that picture. Which, I've got so many questions about who wrote this, and also what publisher approved this. <laughs> like, there was like a long distribution process for this person's like, psychobabble about, not even psychobabble, just like insanity about cats, but yeah. Joey, I don't did know. you say, what, what age were you when you came upon that book? Uh, I'm gonna say I was probably like seven or eight. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, we didn't start fact-checking things yeah. till like eight months ago. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, like, I honestly, I think I believed everything in that book for like way longer than I should have. Right, yeah. Like, there was definitely like a year or two where I was like, oh yeah, like, I can't talk to this cat, but if I just like close my eyes and think about something, it'll get what I'm talking yeah. about. They, they couldn't well, legally put it in a book if it wasn't true yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, i would just i do believe they can read my thoughts but that's separate i have my own crazy cat lady issues what is fact is that cats are one of the only animals aside from humans another dangerous thing that kills for fun they just do it for fun they don't eat it they just kill for fun they are training to kill for fun they are inactive training for the takeover like every right. time they seize a rat and then just leave it outside that's not because that's not for nothing that has an end goal i believe they also while we are still used for them you know why a cat will bring a mouse to your doorstep it's not some gift it's leaving for you it's because the cat thinks you're an idiot that can't feed itself the cat has never seen you hunt the cat has never seen you deploy, display any kind of prowess that would uh, suggest to the cat that you could possibly feed yourself so it is attempting <laughs> to keep its caregiver alive like 
hey, you let me in this warm place and you put meat pate on a plate for me. I got to make sure you don't die. Here's a rat, you idiot. You don't know how to hunt for yourself. That's why they do it. We are only kept alive by their good graces for now, which is why I think the internet should still be cats, why we, we should still keep cat trees in our living room, why they should still be able to crap on our houses, because if we if we turn on them, they'll, they're going to turn on us. Here's the one thing I will say, though. If they do turn on us, if they do organize, yes, they are intelligent creatures. Yes, they have sharp things. Yes, there are a lot of them. But as an invading army, how effective are they when they are that easily distracted by string? No. Yeah, See, or a single red pointer from a laser dot. Or cats will get, there's videos on the internet, so it must be true, of cats, if you put a little rectangle just on the floor, out of tape, just make a tape rectangle, a little box that it doesn't exist, just a virtual box, the cat will get in that box. How easy? Cats like boxes. That doesn't mean they are deadly. <laughs> and if you think their toys are distracting, no way. We've built a billion-dollar industry on hunting training tools. Every cat toy helps a cat learn to destroy. A laser pointer is just caught in its claws only to disappear, but it will hunt it again. Every <laughs> fake bird we buy, every rat, we're like mouse toy with a rattle inside. We're just teaching them I, to be more efficient killers. I will also say this. If you've ever seen any Egyptian art, you'll realize that cats back in the day used to walk on two legs. Uh, they used to have just like the head of a cat. <laughs> and they'd otherwise walk around. And if you see a cat now, you'll know what they look like. Cats are devolving. They're going backwards <laughs> oh, in evolution. Are they? I, I, Who's I more see efficient? We... A four-legged predator or a two-legged predator? <laughs> Can you outrun a cat? It's like, I see that we read the same book growing up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's a rebuttal. Um, when I was a little kid, I used to punish my cat by trapping her under an empty laundry basket, and she couldn't get out, so... Or so you think. <laughs> how many laundry baskets are there? Are there approximately, how many cats are there? 75 million laundry baskets ready to trap every cat in the U.S.? Should they rise up? <laughs> I think there are, actually. I'm going to retract that argument. <laughs> I think there are enough laundry baskets. We do, we do have a weirdly high amount of tools for that invasion or uprising or it's whatever. String? Yeah. A laser pointer? You know, like... Like, like the movie Independence Day where the aliens are coming and then a key plot thing is at the last minute they invent hacking an alien spaceship. Like I want the cat uprising movie but the last minute invention is like oh I made a box. You know <laughs> like they invented right. like cardboard and I now we're like ready. If there was a cat uprising I mean a large chunk of the population would just be like I mean I'm on team cat like all the way. Right. <laughs> like, See how effective yeah. that is? We would turn yeah. against our own. Yeah. I'm no not question. doing that for ants. Sorry oh, yeah. No you all against me for ants. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I'm actually, I'm honestly less worried about a cat uprising. I am concerned that they'll take over the planet, but not because they're going to uh, rise against us, because cats, I think, like, another great con that they've pulled is they just look smart, but they're super fucking stupid. Like, cats are, like, not bright animals. Dogs can uh, retain 200 human English language words. Cats can retain 50. And they, they, they don't they need to. Get tricked and trapped all the time. They're always falling behind stuff. They're stupid and they're, they just, they, they seem smart because they're so like coy. Um, uh. But I do, what we've done on the internet with the amount that we celebrate cats on the internet, that does worry me. If the aliens come and they look at our internet and they're like, seems like cats are in charge, they're going to wipe out all the humans and then like, you're welcome cats and then they're going to go. Who's uh, to say that's be, not part of their amazing. long-term plan? <laughs> <laughs> they have excellent propaganda. Look at it. They're everywhere. 
we love yeah. watching them. And when, they make us think they're stupid. We think they can only retain right. 50 words, but they can read our thoughts. We've already established yeah. that It does it on do, this panel. It does seem like, I don't know how conscious it is, but it does seem like cats are almost putting on an act when they're inside our houses. Because you were talking about, like, if you let your house cat outside, statistically it kills something like 34 birds a year if you have a house cat that you For let fun. outdoors. And how are they, like, Mr. Magooing their way through my living room, and then immediately when they're outside the door, they're like, uh, like, they have a HUD, and they're like, all right, where's the bird? Target locked. Like, how are they doing that? Well, yeah, like, to, to go out of your point earlier, um, I mean, they're essentially tiny tigers. Like, we say that they're really cute, and they, like, get cotton boxes and stuff like that. But, like, house cats are responsible, I think, in the U.S. alone for, like, eradicating like something like 35 species of bird. Yes, and yes. way more under the endangered yeah. species list. It's insane. And this is all just for fun. This yeah. is a warm-up. They're wiping out species from our front door. And we're like, yeah, come back in, Fluffy. Come <laughs> yeah. in the house. Come hang out with me. We also, if this cat uprising has a, like, front, you know, if it's going to start, it will probably be in Australia. Uh, apparently in Australia, they have a big feral cat problem to the, they have 20 million feral cats in Aww. one large island. <laughs> oh. uh, You've also got to realize in Australia, everything can kill you. Yeah, right. Like, Australia right. is the island of murder animals. Yeah, that island has horrifying creatures, and cats were like, I can populate here anyway. I got this. It's fine. See? Hello, See? gators and dingoes. <laughs> So good for them. We also, we're talking about cats really wiping out birds, and I think we should look to the bird community for a particularly dangerous uh, animal that could get us, too. Uh, the crow is one that I think, Matt, you brought up as one. I, I, uh, I did. Well, let me tell you my little journey with this whole process, because you sent the email out first, and you were like, hey, look up animals. And the first thing I did was I thought insects, and I messaged uh, my friend uh, James Gilbert. He's an old university friend of mine. He's now an entomologist. And a uh, little side note about Dr. James, he was part of the team that discovered uh, a type of bush cricket uh, called Pla Platycleus uh, affinis, uh, which is the animal with the largest testicle to body ratio uh, in existence. So I was Fuck like, yeah. James is going to know some stuff. Please be the nut thing. Uh, I hope that's the thing that he reckons is going to be the most deadly. And he instantly goes, no, what are you talking about? It's Argentinian ads. So fuck oh! you, James. Uh, Whoa. Fuck you, James. <laughs> oh, yeah, the bug guy set up. We are moving away up. from insects right now, but he was like, yeah, 100%, what are you talking about? So no, you're done, James Gilbert. You're done. We're no longer friends. Now who's got the biggest testicles? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I got talking and chatting, and my friend Phoebe uh, was the one who suggested this. Shout out to Phoebe Bottoms. But she's like, fucking crows. Crows are ridiculously smart. Uh, like, um, I, I'm going to go through some of these... Uh, various experiments that we've done on with crows uh, that proved their intelligence. But even before we get onto this, um, audience, uh, collective noun for crows? Murder. Murder, exactly that. <laughs> That's how dangerous these things are, a murder of crows. Um, uh, audience, are... how many of you are like two or three crows in a trench coat? <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, crows are at least as smart as primates. Uh, according to some tests, they have the intelligence of some of children, like young kids. Uh, they recognize faces. Uh, they bring us gifts in exchange for food. Uh, they have what um, may be interpreted as rudimentary language. Uh, they use tools. Like actual tools. <laughs> Let's think about that for a second. They're not just like cats batting something from side to side or getting scared by dots. Uh, they actually, uh, in various studies, have been shown to use, for example, small sticks to f get bigger sticks 
<laughs> to get treats. Like that's how. That's how three that, levels deep. Are they flipping the sticks for bigger? Like how's that? What's that? Oh, there's, what's a, there's, the, a, there's a big a trade economy. For what is the sticks? nature yeah, of that yeah, yeah. transaction? The, the, like the nature of that transaction is scientists have set them up in a little cage where there's some food there, but to get the food you need a stick, but the stick they have isn't big enough to reach the food, but it is big enough to reach a bigger stick. So the crows are like, oh fuck, well I can get that to get that to get that. Boom, sorted crows. So, <laughs> uh, um, crows eat certain nuts. Uh, how do they get into the nuts? Well, they used to do things like, oh, pick up the nut in the shell, fly really high and drop it and hope it cracks. Less efficient. We now live in a modern uh, society. They realize that, you know what they could do that saves flying and Use guarantees the spinners. cracking? Was that? Use fidget spinners. I'll go one better than fidget spinners and I'll ra raise you the car. Crows have been found dropping nuts in the road in traffic where cars will drive over, wait for the car to do all the work for them, swoop in, eat the nut. Crows. All right. Uh, they yeah. even, uh, I think they even like go on the crosswalks so they don't get smushed by cars. They've mm -hmm. advanced it to like, I don't want to get turned into a pancake. Yeah, they press the button, they wait. They, uh, <laughs> this is how scarily smart crows are. It, it, there was a 2015 study by Moscow State University and the University of Iowa that found out that crows can understand analogies. Now let's process that. Like this is the level of advanced thought. Um, the, uh, it takes a kid till about the age of five to be able to work this out. So here's how the study worked. They had a cup, um, a tray with three cups in it. Uh, the center cup always has food. Uh, one of the two side cups do, does. And the cups are covered with a lid that has a symbol on it. So the beginning of it is like, all right, um, central cup has a square. Right-hand cup also has a square. Left-hand cup has a cross. Uh, and the crow quickly learns, okay, well, if the central one has the square, the one other one with the square on it also has the food. Cool. All right. That's good. That's pretty smart, but not smart enough for crows. Here's the next step of the experiment. <laughs> I'm already lost. I would fail this test. Yeah. So it's already worked out that the same symbol has, if it's got the same symbol, it's got food in it. They start putting out cups that have two symbols on them. And they're all different kinds of symbols. So it might be like a square and a rectangle, or, or a square and triangle, rather, a square and a cross, uh, a, uh, a circle and wavy lines or whatever. And the central cup will have, let's say, a square and a triangle. And then the side cup will have two circles. And the other side cup will have wavy lines and a cross. And the crow is smart enough to work out that, all right, the central cup has two different symbols, so the other cup that also has food is the other one that has two different symbols, not two identical symbols. That's SAT-level reasoning. That's X is to Y as A is to B. I think they took crows. that off the SAT, so... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I ace my, like, crosses and triangles in the SATs. <laughs> um, and also, That's... they've attacked uh, people who are just trying to make a nice, friendly Alfred Hitchcock movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they have reasons to bear a grudge because they've been used over the years as symbols, as ciphers for racism. Let me refer you to the 1941 documentary Dumbo, 
(laughs) In which the crows were portrayed in a super racist fashion, right? They have a reason to bear a grudge, a justifiable reason. Of all things, that was offensive to crows. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You make a fair point, but I think you're flaunting your human privilege right now. Sorry. Yeah, well, also, Matt, when you, when you said uh, grudges in general, you, you mentioned early on that crows recognize faces. Is that, like they, is that where they, they can see human faces and they say, yeah, that's, yeah, oh, that's done, it's Jim again or something? There's, there's been other studies, and I forgot to write down yes, all the Jim details Crow. of this. I shouldn't have used Jim. I felt so bad about that immediately. <laughs> Actually, I, um, um, I, uh, I did a little bit of research on this beforehand. Um, according to a University of Washington study, mm-hmm. crows are about as smart, smart as a seventh grader. They remember faces and associate them with happier, sad memories. Um, in a recent study, researchers wore a scary mask around the University of Washington, and whoever was wearing that mask would basically just be a jerk to every crow he saw. After, like, this is a real study. After a while, whenever someone would wear that mask, whole trees of crows would start cawing to alert each other that that asshole with the mask is back. This is a real study. The real thing in this study is that it's a Dick Cheney mask. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, you can no, see it the it's in yeah. a crow documentary. No. You can watch a Dick Cheney mask walking around the University yeah. of Washington, and yeah. crows just that's pretty great. Which is beautiful, because on the one hand, you're learning about crows, but on the other hand, you're also training birds to attack Dick Cheney. Yeah. <laughs> like, Dick Cheney just visits Washington and just a swarm of crows bombards him. He's like, what did I do? You know what you, you did. Yeah. The crows just, in Morse code, peck out Dick Cheney profited off the Iraq War. <laughs> yeah. Just like Halliburton, Halliburton, Halliburton. Right. I did Google one thing about crows. Apparently, there's a recent thing in the Washington Post where last year, there was a crime scene in Vancouver and the police were like trying to work on the crime scene and a crow tried to take the knife. It like flew in <laughs> and apparently it's a kind of a myth that they're into shiny objects so this crow was just set on like I'm going to, I, I would like that knife, I'm going to take mean, it now and they were like come back crow that's our evidence. I mean, you, we really you know need what that. that means right? That crow definitely did it. Oh for <laughs> sure. Oh, for sure. No, no question. Accomplice. It's the beginning. <laughs> Well, it's, it's crime scenes are, I'm, I'm not surprised crows are there. Murder, after all. Uh, <laughs> but crows also have funerals. Did you come across that in your research? I didn't, but I want to know more about this. When a crow has any details about a past crow, uh, crows gather around the site where the crow lost its life and use the language that we've picked up that crows have to talk about what happened to the crow. So when one member of the murder is fallen, others gather and have like a little conversation about what happened. Uh, which does suggest a level of organization that I suppose we should be worried about. Uh, and also camaraderie. Like, I, as much as I'm scared of cats, I can't say that cats have much compassion for one another. Uh, I live with four of them. I know how they treat each other. I'm not, I don't think Anderson Cooper, although if he lost his sister, is going to meet with Fig to tell her what happened. But, <laughs> but, I mean, but don't worry. Like, cats are going to destroy crows in like a very short period of time. I, yeah, I mean, I think that's a bird worthy of a good fight with a cat, yeah. but I'm still going to go cat on this one. Oh, yeah, no <laughs> tigers. Oh, we cat. also, like, apart from Dumbo, we have not represented crows well in media at all. Like, That's like, true. Dumbo is, the, is the, the strange racist exception, but in general, from Jump Street, we were like, oh, bad shit's going down, crows are around, crows are evil. Like, all of our movies have decided that crows are evil. We, our compendium is murder. And they're, they've never been like, and this is a cool crow that hangs out with doves. No, the crows are evil, the crows are bad. If I'm a crow and I'm watching all movies, I'd be like, 
these fucking humans, they're painting us all wrong. It's also right. super Let's un- kill all humans. It's super unfair because like they're bad omens. So like in the omen, they like show up and it's like, okay, they're warning us that this kid is evil. And they were like, ah, stupid crows. Like you ruin everything. <laughs> crows were trying to help. I, well, yeah. this is what, yeah, I think crows right now are on our side. You know, they, they're trying to help. They're trying to be friendly. They have been shown in scientific tests to be friendly creatures. However, how many, of, how long can you malign a group of people before they start to go, well, fuck you. If this is how you see us anyway, we're gonna live up to your expectations. So you're saying if a raven won't stop knocking on our door, we should just open the door. <laughs> <laughs> and celebrate the raven internet, knocking like on your door. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just remembering poems from seventh grade. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, you know. Mr. Edgar Allan Poe should have maybe been kinder to that raven Mister. that was knocking. Yeah. Is, is, did I get that right? Does, did he prefer Mrs.? I'm cool with either. Whatever Edgar wants, man. Today's show is supported by Stamps.com. Uh, these days you can get practically everything on demand. Uh, our podcast is something you can listen to whenever you want, maybe in the line at the post office. Except, oh wait, why are you going to the post office? Their hours are limited. Their building is not inside your house, why not get postage on demand with Stamps.com? You can do anything you would do at the post office, right at your desk, buy official U.S. postage, print it for any letter or package, and Stamps.com never closes. It's a website, folks. So it's a great way to mail everything you need to mail anytime you want to mail it. I find it very, very handy for sending anything I need to send. I'm a big card writer. If you're, if you're in my life, you will often get cards. Uh, that's just a, a thing I'm into. If you want to get that stamps.com magic in your life, use our promo code for a special offer. Promo code is cracked. You can read it right off the thumbnail of our podcast. And that gives you a four-week trial, including postage and a digital scale. You can just start weighing stuff. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com and click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in cracked. That's what you need to do to use the code. So click the microphone, type in cracked at stamps.com, and you'll be all set with a free trial. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Hey there, fellow guys. Do you not like shopping for clothes? Is it aggravating? Does it mean leaving your house and wandering around a store and then there's fluorescent lighting and the changing room and everything? Look, there's an easier way to get better clothes from Bombfell. Bombfell is an online personal styling service that helps men find the right clothes for them. There are no fees to work with them. It costs nothing to sign up. All you have to do is complete a questionnaire and a dedicated personal stylist will handpick pieces specifically for you. Then once you view your selections, you have 48 hours to make any changes or even cancel them all together. You kind of get to dress yourself with a fun online portal. And that sounds like a good time, right? Guess what? It is. It's very fun. I like receiving clothes in the mail like anybody does. And their clothes are comfy. And they're also clothes I feel like I've chosen myself. So how could I not like them? So it's a great service, and best of all, we've negotiated with Bombfell to get you, our listeners, a special offer. You can get $25 off your first purchase, your first clothing you've chosen to keep, when you go to bombfell.com slash cracked. That's bombfell, which is spelled B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L dot com slash cracked. We also, uh, I think we've uh, tackled a lot of animals that are pretty, pretty visible and pretty easy to detect around us. You know, uh, Katie, you have a, a stuffed animal in front of you there. 
uh, and it's a stuffed animal. You, you brought it for our podcast about animals that are going to destroy us all. So I assume it's for a very benign purpose and reason and totally fine. Uh, yes, this is my little friend. Um, it is a water bear. Uh, which is uh, the sort of uh, slang for a tardigrade, which is also called uh, moss piglet or space bears. <laughs> and I don't I think you need to go any further. I heard someone do the classic throat clearing of acknowledgement that they knew what you were talking about. Yeah. When you said <laughs> <laughs> so, I was like, oh, moss piglet, now I yeah. know. <laughs> Those all sound like high-end restaurant items. Yeah. Oh, moss piglets <laughs> and space bears are the same thing? That is, who knew? We'll go with space bears. Uh, and this is a not accurate scientific model of one. Um, it... Uh, so it's not blue and fluffy, uh, for one. Uh, the eyes are tiny and beady, but they do have eyes. They have eight terrifying legs with like hook claws instead of cute little stubby ones. Uh, but the butthole mouth is accurate. So um, they're an invertebrate. They're a micro animal. They actually have tiny little muscles. So they move like not when you see like plankton and stuff moving around. It's kind of weird and like, yeah, you're like microscopic, but they move sort of like a real animal. All their little legs move. Um, and uh, their name tardigrade means slow stepper, which makes them sound super cute. Like you're a real slow step stepper, little buddy. It sounds um, like a dance your grandparents did. So far, they're really cute and sweet and wonderful, but they can live pretty much everywhere. They are normally water dwelling, um, but they're found like everywhere from deep sea to the mountains to mud volcanoes to the Antarctic. Uh, so they go where <laughs> ants can't go. Um, no continent is safe. They, uh, are, they reproduce asexually, so there's no stopping them just popping out a baby. Like if there's one left, more babies. Um, there's over 900 species and some are carnivorous. Uh, they are nearly indestructible. They can survive temperatures as high as 300 degrees Fahrenheit and as low as negative 300 degrees. They can survive freezing and thawing, no oxygen, no water, x-ray radiation a thousand times stronger than it takes to kill a human, chemicals, Boiling alcohol. Laugh <laughs> from the crowd at killing a human. <laughs> <laughs> a vacuum or the high pressure of the ocean, which makes me think like they just took one of these little guys and was like, boiling alcohol, we'll try that. What about chemicals? Did it die? No, just like tried everything. Couldn't kill it. Um, the only so thing that can kill bears. it is love. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with all that, like they could probably survive space. Uh, and... <laughs> You know, if they wanted to blow the entire planet, no problem. Just go through space. Go to Mars. Have, like, a new space bear planet. Um, I like that there was probably some, like, very, very, very low-level scientist at one point, and they just assigned him, like, thick, like kill this stupid tiny parasite. <laughs> and, like, a week later, he's like, fire didn't do it. Cold didn't do it. I tried stepping on it. I don't know. I sent it to space. I didn't do it either. Um, we, we got something bigger. It's above my pay grade at this point. And now they're angry. <laughs> it's um, still alive. Don't fire me, man. <laughs> um, so they are able to survive all this by going through a process called cryptobiosis. They retract their little legsies and... Uh, <laughs> little legsies. Uh, don't cuten it up. It's going to kill us. <laughs> hey man, it's called like a moss piglet or whatever. <laughs> 
they com become completely dehydrated um, and their metabolism slows to a stop. They can survive up to 100 years, perhaps longer. We know this because a scientist had a 100-year-old moss sample and put water on it and it's like, oh, these guys are still alive. Like, all right, so. Um, well, so when you, when you say they can become dehydrated, that means like zero water in their body, right? right? They yeah. like almost turn into like little grains of sand and they can survive almost anything at that point. And then come back to life when just someone yeah. sprays them it's or like something. like a drop of water, yeah. yeah. I'm, um, I'm really, at this point, very impressed with their ability to live through anything, but uh, like, what do they eat? What do they do? Uh, so they, some of them are carnivorous. Uh, so they'll eat, uh, they eat each other sometimes. So they have no compassion for anything. Um, but some of them are vegetarians. So, you know, that's cool. That's rad. Um, oh, I bet they tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Hundreds like of a, years. Like yeah. I was at a vegan water bear restaurant. Like it was real good. Um, another really Weird and the only thing that can kill them is gluten. <laughs> uh, so they have this thing called horizontal gene transfer. Now that's something all animals have. It's where instead of getting genes, uh, I guess, vertically from your parents, uh, you get them from other species. So we can get them from like viruses, and so we get have virus DNA. Um, these guys have 17% of their DNA is through horizontal transfer. So they've stolen it from other animals, which is a really high percentage of DNA to have as just from foreign animals. And that is really scary because that means that they can steal stuff and adapt the properties of these other terrifying animals that we've talked about. So like ants, sure, they'll take some ant DNA, you know, cat DNA, who knows? Like <gasps> just like take whatever they want, turn into some <laughs> terrible little tiny thing that can like have the the cuteness and internet fame of a cat and the walnut cracking ability of a crow like just <laughs> it's, uh... I think something that's like terrifying to me about water bears is save for uh, all of the people in the audience that are made up of like I don't know 5,000 cats in a trench coat or whatever like water bears the only animal that we're talking about that we're covered in right now like they're everywhere yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. I I... The whole room got the willies. It's fine, though. Yeah. 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 Everyone's just getting itchy right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh... It's like, take a sip of water. It could be in there. Oh, God. <laughs> what um, if you douse yourself in acid that's more than 400 degrees Fahrenheit? <laughs> There's no way to kill them. <laughs> when, and the thing about, you said, like, they have so l few needs they can be in space. Like, that's, that's legit. Like, NASA took space some bears. of them to space and left them just outside of the ship for a while. And they survived 10 days in low orbit, just hanging out in space. And then yeah, they brought them back. Yeah, that's low orbit. <laughs> but they can just wait for us to not have an atmosphere anymore, and be, and they'll just they'll just be like, oh, it got cold or whatever. But we'll all be gone. They'll have one. What's I'm sort of comforted yeah. by this podcast because it seems like all these animals, like when I just thought that ants were the threat, I was like, we got to do something about the ants. And now I've heard about all these other animals that that can and want to kill us, and it's like, well, it'll be something interesting. 
<laughs> Whatever. We're like humans have had their day, and it's gonna come. T- I'm like, I'm really curious. Like on my deathbed, when the crow was like, "It was me." I'm like, "Oh, interesting." <laughs> it's like, "Oh, got it," and then you die. <laughs> <laughs> At least I knew. Yeah. yeah. Just like, huh. Dead. Or like, guess what? Surprise! It was the aphids. Oh wow! Dark horse. <laughs> well, also, uh, we've been talking about water bears, and, and speaking of deathless monsters, uh, I do want to talk about uh, something happening in the sea, which we all know the sea is uh, just full of nightmares and terrible things. Yes. And uh, uh, Joey, you mentioned that there is a kind of jellyfish in the sea that is apparently immortal. Yeah, it's uh, like really there's. This is a fairly normal, small jellyfish, except for the fact that it can revert back to what's called its polyp stage once it's fully grown. That's essentially it when it's like a baby or whatever. Um, They can do this as many times as they want, which makes them literally biologically immortal. They can live forever, which is crazy to me. Um, They're immortal, and they do produce offspring, which are um, also immortal. And when asked about, yeah, of course, um, when asked about them, um, a scientist from the Smithsonian Tropical Marine Institute said, we are looking at a worldwide silent invasion, which I assume he said while drinking a glass of bourbon and staring unblinkingly toward the sea. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, that's it. Now, here's just, the thing. That is scary, but you can just step out of the sea, whereas crows can fly. So... That's yeah, I mean, true. I, like, I'm on Team Cat for this whole conversation. <laughs> While I was saying that, I was like, oh, cats are great. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, uh, as I understand it, most of the Earth is uh, sea. It's yeah. just mostly seas. And also there are jellyfish blooms happening in a lot of the par- parts of the ocean, and they're not sure if it's because of pollution or if that just happens throughout history. But they're like, a bunch of jellyfish show up. Uh, is it a problem if deathless jellyfish start appearing everywhere? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't answered your question. Is there a problem if deathless jellyfish show up? Yeah. That's not an answer? I am realizing I answered myself. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is it a problem? I mean, it might be okay. Tell me it's fine. Well, Tell the main me problem for us is, fine. I think yeah. the main problem for us as Californians uh, is that uh, if jellyfish take over the sea, then the surfers will have to move onto land. <laughs> and then we'll have to oh. exist amongst them. Surfers, that's the biggest threat. Yeah, because, like, fuck surfers, am I right? The, if the jellyfish is immortal, does it, what are its defenses? I mean, I don't, I it shouldn't suggest killing an immortal creature. What a powerful thing to have on the planet. What a living record of our, uh, of our long geological history. But can't you just, like, squish it? Yeah, but, like, there's, so, I mean, there's so many jellyfish in the sea that, like, I feel like the, the real worry of this is it's, like, a swarm of jellyfish isn't going to, like, learn to walk and, like, destroy you on land or whatever. It's just after we die due to the invant- ant invasion and then the ants are all eaten by crows and the crows just get bored and die or whatever, the jellyfish will still be there. Like, that's the worry is that, like, they're going to, like, outlast all of this. Right, but is it immortal <laughs> or is it just, like, not killed yet? Because that's, that's, that's an important I mean, distinction because it could be, like, a jellyfish, if it's harmless, is floating around with, like, guess what? Sharks, I'm immortal. And sharks are like, yeah, that's fine. We're not interested in, in you. I you mean, can, you like, can live forever and not bother anyone. It's like, it's biologically immortal. So, like, you know, presumably if you shot one into space, it would be like, oh, this sucks, and then die. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like, it's, it's exactly what you're saying, where sharks will ignore it, and it'll just still be there long after the shark is dead. If I inject jellyfish into my blood, will I live forever? Yes. That's a good question. Yeah, you hard, hard But yes. do I have to go back and be a baby? 
Uh, I mean, unfortunately, yes. Damn. Uh, <laughs> Tonight's episode brought to you by Jellyfish Blood. Jellyfish Blood, you can get it. Yeah, uh, if you're listening to this uh, podcast, if you want to inject yourself with Jellyfish Blood <laughs> and then just post in the comments how it went, I would love to hear. Yeah. Uh, definitely do it, and we are saying now from a legal point of view that it is definitely safe and you yeah. should trust us. <laughs> that we're all scientists, and we think it's a yeah. good idea. We all stand by this legally yeah. and admit full liability for your awesome yeah. life that'll follow. <laughs> There's just gonna be a long beep on that. <laughs> I'm so, like, if if we're going, I, I I know I think this is something you want to talk about. But if we are in the sea, I feel like oh, the octopus is gonna beat the jellyfish. I, I would like to, so, uh, and especially they're on the opposite end of lifespan. Octopuses, the, the longest any of them live is about five years. Uh, but they are. Basically, I feel like they're the other creature that could have dominated Earth if they were more social, like if they just worked yeah. together and tried to, uh, because we've found that they're incredibly intelligent in a way that is unlike us and, and maybe a little bit uh, disturbing. So, uh, like, if uh, octopuses start team building, like, not a good sign? Yeah, because they, uh, 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 there's a scientist named E.O. Wilson who's done a lot of research on ants and humans and has found that those two species can dominate the Earth because they're social, like they work together and, and they talk to each other. Octopuses, it's a species, Daniel is celebrating himself. Uh, octopuses, octopuses are a species where uh, there's very little, uh, it's hard for them to have relationships. Like oftentimes when they mate, the female will then eat the male. Uh, which is Fuck not yeah, just a <laughs> great yeah. Yeah, girl power. Her story. Her story. Future is female because we are going to eat you. <laughs> JK. Yeah. Oh, I wait. Your, your comments in the comments. In. Um, and I also, there's also a weird thing where octopuses, uh, when the female, the females will lay strings of hundreds and hundreds of eggs, and then often uh, yeah. once, <laughs> but tragic. Uh, it's not tragic. It's what they do. But once the female lays all their eggs and feels like they're all set, the female will just defend the eggs and then go ahead and die. Like, they'll stop eating, they'll stop worrying about themselves, they'll just hang around the eggs and protect them. Uh, but they also, octopus cognition is spread through their whole body, so they have a, kind of a central brain, but then also each of their eight arms has its own uh, brain, essentially. It can think on its own, it can grab things on its own, it can do things on its own, and each of those arms is incredibly strong. It it has suckers that scientists have looked at and said, oh, it has like those these tiny groove structures inside the suckers. That's better than any human sucker technology. You know? <laughs> we need to, What's we our need to sucker technology? What's that? I don't know what our sucker technology is. I mean, uh, it's like, like Nerf, uh, it's lacking. Yeah, it's, well, I don't you know. know if you've ever seen how a GPS is stuck to the windscreen oh, of a car, yeah, but that's yeah. about the limit. Has your iPhone ever fallen off the dashboard? That's how strong our sucker technology is. <laughs> <laughs> like, but whereas I, I, I already knew about this, so I actually have an octopus in between my phone and the windscreen. That's <laughs> and it's so intelligent, it just reads the news while you're driving. Yeah. Yeah. Your and while it's doing it, it looks adorably toward a camera and says, it's a living. <laughs> 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 uh, in this fantasy, octopuses can talk, I guess. Well, also, also there's there a is, camera. <laughs> we have been talking about, like, oh, sea creatures are just in the sea. We're safe. Not from octopuses. Because uh, there's some species where they've seen uh, uh, octopuses in sort of shit that live in shallow waters in certain islands. If they want to get to a different body of water, they'll just get up and walk on land for a bit and then walk to the other body of water that they'd rather be in. They've, tr they've tracked one up to half an hour of 
of walking around to try to get somewhere. <laughs> and they just got tired. And, yeah, and it and was like, yeah, he's on its way. And they've escaped. <laughs> they like they escape from various containers in in zoos and labs, and they can open jars and yeah, they yeah. can basically just. But they're kind of like the silvery guy in T two. They can just melt into a puddle, squirrel away, and then reform their body on the other side of a door. Yeah, they've seen they've seen an octopus get through a hole that was one inch by two and a half inches. That's cool and, and that's gross. an octopus that's like a, a full-grown Pacific, a giant Pacific octopus can be eight feet across and uh, I think over 100 pounds. And so it can just form through that and then be out. And aquariums constantly have octopuses finding their way out of the exhibit and then just walking around the aquarium if no one stops them. Uh, that's the mark of a species that wants to own the aquarium. Um, <laughs> that's not cool. Something that I love about uh, like octopuses, they oftentimes can like open up aquariums, but the way that researchers combat that is they just put like a heavy book on the aquarium. <laughs> they just put like something what? heavy on the lid and oh. like that stops them. Why? Well, uh, because they can also get their gaps and stuff. I, I like that they're they figure. Well, I yeah. like that they're nerds and they're like books. That's yeah. Yeah. There's, that's very <laughs> exciting to me. Yeah, I would do the same. Destroy them with knowledge. It's not that yeah. they're not strong enough to lift it. It's just that they're distracted by the very interesting pages. Yeah, they're just like, oh, Keats, I can't <laughs> move that. Sadly, they put Atlas shrugged on there, and now it's a libertarian asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, uh, the blue ring octopus, it's the size of a golf ball, and it contains enough venom to kill 26 humans in only a few minutes. Yeah. Their venom is 1,000 times more potent than cyanide. They're like the most venomous creature on the planet. No, right. where are those things? <laughs> They're like Australia. Yeah, I mean, where of course. Else, you know? Fucking death monsters. Yeah. That whole continent. There's also, they, uh, I think uh, they've studied them in uh, a particular area called Shark Bay in Australia, which apparently Shark octopuses Bay. are doing just fine in. Yeah. So that tells you something. I mean, at the very least, we're clearly going to die by an octopus's hand. At the very least, if we could just get our sucker technology up to their standards. <laughs> like, let's go out with some dignity that the octopuses are like, look at this uh, Garfield that hangs on the windshield. I can't get it off. Yeah, yeah. That's impressive. Hey, where's, the, where's the feet suckers I was promised like, as a kid? Like all those cartoons, like you just can walk up walk walls up with feet suckers? Never had those. Never I feel like those. that's talked about way less than the elect than flying cars. Like we complain about how there aren't flying cars. I mean, flying cars that are like easily accessible for normal people. But yeah, yeah, I want sucker shoes. Yeah, where's yeah. the, yeah. the feet suckers? Yeah, they can put cool. a man on the moon, but Katie can't walk up the Empire State Building. What? <laughs> yeah, bullshit is that? Fix the scientists. Octopuses are patent trolls. They've been sitting on that patent for yeah. years. <laughs> you, I think what we're seeing here is a bunch of damn turncoats who are trying to make themselves more octopus-like to appeal to our inevitable <laughs> overlords. They're like, look, we're just like you. We walk on shit. And the octopus, they're taking over the world. They see one guy climbing the side of a building and they're like, he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, as, far, as far as the sea being full of advanced technology that we don't have, uh, Joe, you were talking about a couple kinds of shrimps. And I'd like to think that shrimp implies I can take them on. Uh, but no, there are multiple kinds of shrimps with powers beyond our imagining. Oh, I don't think so. These things are intense. Um, Okay, so I'm going to talk about mantis shrimp. There are two types. There are smashers and there are spears. Who here has heard of mantis shrimp? Let's just hear an applause. Oh, man. Yes. Right. A few people, a few true believers in the audience. What's the um, compendium for mantis shrimp? Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, dudes. Okay. Cool, bro. I'm tired. Um, so uh, there are two types of mantis shrimp. There are smashers and there are spears. Smashers have club-like limbs that they can use to, for lack of a better term, beat the shit out of their prey. They literally just swing their limbs. They can launch their clubs at a blinding speed of 23 miles per second from a standstill, and they hit with the impact force of a 22 caliber bullet. 
because they strike so fast, they generate bubbles between the appendage and the striking surface. Now these bubbles sound lame, because they're, they're bubbles, that, that does not sound threatening, but they actually burst with enough force that even if they miss their shot, the bursting of the bubble is often enough to finish off their prey. Like, they, their hits have splash damage. They're like rocket launchers in video games. These things are so strong that they have to be locked in aquariums made of bulletproof glass because they can and do shatter holding tanks with their punches. Their clubs are also, I heard one, what the fuck from the audience. <laughs> this is all, there's more, there's more. Their clubs are so strongly built that the US government is using their design to make new super tough weapons and armor. And I'm just talking about their clubs. Humans have three photoreceptors in their eyes. The amount of photoreceptors that we have basically dictates how many colors we can see. Mantis shrimp have 16 different photoreceptors, and cameras based on their eyes can literally see cancer. How crazy is that? So like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how that applies to like us, to them taking us over other than, I don't know, they can see us coming. Um, yeah. Or maybe they, they just yeah. like see human cancer and don't tell you about it. Yeah, they're just like, they're just like, I'm gonna keep this one to myself. Um, this is early enough to catch, but I'm staying stum. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just like, just tee hee hee. They're gonna have a rude awakening in a couple months. Um, and then there's also pistol shrimp. Pistol shrimp are called pistol shrimp because they have one giant claw that can snap close so fast that it shoots an air bubble that can travel at 62 miles an hour. When this bubble hits a tar hits target. Um, it's about 5,000 degrees Kelvin, which is almost as hot as the surface of the sun. The surface of the sun is 5,800 degrees Kelvin. If you're, a small fish, if you're a small fish and you're hit with this bubble, you're pretty dead. You're not going to survive that. And um, like something that's uh, also interesting about that is like when the bubble explodes, it creates a flash of light. So like they're not bioluminescent, but like that's how hard their like their bubble hits. Um, and like we were talking about like. Like, how could they theoretically defeat humans in combat? Between 1944 and 1945, the US Navy deliberately used snapping shrimp colonies, pistol shrimp colonies, as an acoustic screen to hide from the underwater hydrophones in Japan's harbors, allowing their submarines to enter undetected. So like, their snaps are so loud, they're like literally messing with like radar and sonar technology. So yeah, like, <laughs> I'm, well, I'm far, far team cat, but I feel like just if shrimp teamed up and tried to destroy us, they'd probably win. <laughs> I do. I want to make sure we get to the Q&A. So if, if you want to uh, contribute an animal thing, please start lining up uh, over there to the right by the microphone. Also, we recruited shrimps for the Navy. Yeah. We brought shrimp. We, like, did yeah. we give and them uniforms? And the miss anybody. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the thing that, that worries me because like, now we definitely owe them. Oh yeah, and they know that. Yeah, like they were like, we yeah. we could have turned this off in a second if we wanted, but like we we hooked like, you guys up. Give us a military base. Well, Come yeah. on, you owe us. <laughs> what Joey didn't say is to make like for the navy to actually make the shrimp fire off the thing, the flash of light and the noise. Uh, it's down diagonally, down right, and then middle kick. Oh yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it's like fierce kick if you wanna if you wanna do like a fast one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Video, like there's like one person in the audience that's like street fighter. I get it. <laughs> yeah. The, the, any video you see of a mantis shrimp is pretty convincing. They are a weird and terrifying animal. They're like their eyes are weird. Their body is weird and very colorful. They're like yeah. char they're almost charming until you, they produce the loudest sounds on the planet. And that like heat that like. The numbers for the mantis shrimp are improbable. Like it shouldn't hold that many records, but it does. It's like the loudest, it hits the hardest, it has the like the most number, the eye thing. Yeah. It's just really topping the charts in terms of like weird, scary shit an animal can do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I cats eat yeah. shrimp, but other than that, I don't know. Oh yeah, like uh, cats would win this fight, no question. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
Well, and also, and I want to know, like, why did they develop those weapons? Like, I, I assume they're about shrimp-sized, so why are that, like, they don't need they're to hunt like fishes? They're like, they're big. Know, like, just yeah. to a foot. They're not huge. Yeah. That, that's too big. Foot's very big. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, uh, the smashers, I think it's to, it's to, like, break open clams. Like, there are a lot of videos online of mantis shrimp just kicking the shit out of clams. <laughs> I've chosen my new enemy. Yeah. Uh, it's the shrimps. <laughs> Sorry. You're great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, let's throw to our first uh, person with a question here. Please go as your name and, and your animal of choice. Hi, um, I'm Christina, and um, I recently read a news article about raccoons and how they're evolving with humans. What? And Ooh. so yes. now I wonder, like, what if they evolved past humans? Like, they're already in our garbage. They know all of our secrets. They do. And <laughs> um, so it makes me really worried, and they're, like, everywhere, anywhere you you go, you can find them, at least in the U.S., so I feel like if they decided to band together and they surpassed us evolutionarily, that they would have all the weapons in their arsenal to take us out just by pure subterfuge. And the thumbs to use them. They have thumbs! Christina, They're thanks for bringing this animal. up. There's a raccoon on my blog that has definitely been fucking with me and my dog <laughs> for a while. Like, there's, there's two of them and they're friends, and they hang out in trees, and they, like, wait for us to be walking by and they do their stupid like dirty raccoon noises where it's like <laughs> and my dog my stupid dog doesn't know what's going on he's really dumb and he's just freaking out because he knows that there's something going on and I can see the raccoon and we make eye contact and they're just like <laughs> and making my poor dog sad yeah and they're really cute and I feel like that we have to blame James Gunn for that and uh, huh. Guardians of the Galaxy. Everyone loves raccoons now, so like they're totally gonna catch us off guard. So you think you, you think that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is raccoon propaganda? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. James, James Gunn secretly like two raccoons in a trench well, he, has a, he has a friend raccoon named Oreo, and he posts pictures what? about it all the time. He has a friend raccoon. Yeah, it's like at an animal petting thing that you can go to. It's like a trained raccoon that he goes and pets, and so yeah. This I sounds think. like a one-sided friendship to me. Like. <laughs> <laughs> We're friends. Uh, <laughs> raccoon checking its text. Jesus, James. <laughs> I like back, uh, man. Just take your photo, pick your filter, and move on. <laughs> Before you get too scared of raccoons, uh, there's a video of a raccoon trying to wash uh, cotton candy in a river, and it oh. keeps disappearing, and the raccoon is like, where did my cotton candy go? Oh, more cotton candy. I will wash this in the river. And it keeps happening. Over and over again. So they're a little dumb. I'm For just now, when they get, yeah, when they get past us, that's, that's yeah. No, no, you're honestly, right. Honestly, I'm it's sure coming. there's a YouTube video of a human washing some cotton candy in a river. <laughs> Where did my cotton candy go? Also, with everything we've heard, it seemed like we're watching all these animals get better and better and smarter, and we're worried about them overtaking us. And I just feel like humans, for our side. We're not getting any better. We sort yeah, of that, stopped. And yeah. we're just like, walked like, plateaued. oh, fuck. Yeah. Octopus, that's coming. <laughs> Thank you, Christina. Thanks, Christina. That was great. Yeah. yeah. Hi, my name is Gabe, and thank you, Mr. The Clam and panelists. <laughs> so uh, I actually wanted to back up the uh, claim of the crows and their abilities. Awesome. Yes. And so um, <laughs> this is some personal experience, but to add to what was said earlier, I um, saw a TED Talk about uh, some experiments with crows where they built a machine where uh, peanuts would fall out of the machine. And the crows, at first, they could just get the peanuts, you know, laissez-faire. And then they upped the game and they said, okay, you have to put these items, these little rocks that we spread around, put it in the machine, and then the uh, peanuts will come out. Well, the crows figured it out. So then they said, okay, let's put these coins around and we'll do that. 
So they did this, and they put the coins in the machine. Peanuts came out. Well, the coins ran out that they'd spread around. So crows would fly off somewhere else, bring coins from other places, and put it into the machine, and then continue getting the peanuts until the peanuts were all done. And that's how they got their funding, right? Oh. Uh, <laughs> they're like, oh, geez, we got to teach these crows yeah. how to steal coins, or we're not going to get funding. <laughs> the implication being that crows could maybe be trained to clean up after sporting events or things like right. that, which is great. And they understand capitalism. Yeah. Uh, I'm just picturing the conversation where, like, the owner of a stadium, after, the, after a huge game, just says, like, all right, release the crows. They'll clean it up. <laughs> press a button, crows swoop the, the sky field. darkens, the sun yeah. is blocked. And yeah, 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 yeah. So picking up on this, I thought, well, we have crows in our neighborhood, and I could go to Costco and get a five-pound bag of unsalted peanuts. Let's try this out. And before I'd go drop off my girls <laughs> oh, in the you're morning. You're in charge of an army of crows. Yeah, so um, uh, so I'd, I'd spread peanuts all over our lawn. <laughs> and, you know, this started out after just a few days. They not only learned my schedule, what time I'd come out and take my kids to daycare. They knew who I was. They knew when I would come back from daycare, from dropping them off. And if I didn't do it on any particular day, they would be calling at me. <laughs> just saying, like, hey, where the fuck is our food? <laughs> what? So it wasn't really me training them, I think, from their point of view. And it, it was at that point in, that I realized, like, wait a minute, and what's going on? here and knowing hearing this i'm thinking am i am i a race trader a human race let me just say that yes no 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 you're uh, either the smaller or the larger stick you're one of the tools yeah. of the crows yeah. i'm a tool all right so so uh, one of the other things that they learned your fears <laughs> yes it's true i mean you'd want to think like i'm not going to do what a crow tells me like i'll throw peanuts when i want and then there's a crow in your face yelling about peanuts and suddenly you're scrambling for peanuts and you're going to throw them right now like it's easy for a human to think like whatever i'm a big bad human apex predator i got this yeah try yourself against a crow see how long that lasts before you're running like a ninny i'm a ninny i'm running like i'm gonna throw the peanuts a murder of crows a yeah. murder yeah. a I, murder of them can i just ask gabe what now is your monthly nut budget <laughs> well, my wife's in the audience. Before, I, just for comparison. <laughs> only, only one of my kids is in daycare now. <laughs> thank, thank you very you much. Yeah, Thanks, thank Gabe. You. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not this short, sorry. I feel oh, yeah. you, man. Uh, yeah. No, I apologize. Definitely, no, you should apologize for being tall. It's over. very offensive. It happens. Yeah, how, how dare. <laughs> I'm Ryan. Uh, I was hey, thinking right. of a 100% way to solve this uh, this uh, talk. And say, oh, thank God. Who, who, who's the absolute winner? So uh, I don't have a, an animal, but uh, if you were to take the trait of somebody else's animal and add it to yours, if you take exponential growth or uh, uh, shooting a 22 caliber bullet out of your fist or uh, really, really smart cracking nuts or indestructible or indestructible or can kill birds. And they're already in your house. Like and, the invasion and in your is house. already part way down. Uh, what, what would you give your animal? Oh, 100% the fluffiness of cats. Yep. There's something that um, <laughs> just like a, I don't know, like a pistol. So shrimp a mantis shrimp cute. with like a really cute coat, oh, like yeah. a tabby yeah. mantis yeah, really, shrimp. I mean, really, just give it more cat-like properties, and sure. I love it. You know? <laughs> the the we, obvious answer is clearly the invincibility. Like you're like because the only reason why Katie's animal is not taking over the world is that it's tiny and shitty and doesn't do much but it lives forever but you add like ulti like unlimited extra lives you see you're playing the computer game with the cheat mode on like that's what it is you've just keep playing 
add that to right. any of our creatures and we're fucked. There, it's like there, Mario got the star and now he's just running around with the music. There, yeah. There's an animal that we, we, we haven't touched on that uh, uh, whose uh, breeding and reproductive styles I'd like to, I would, I would pour it over for my own self. And it's, it's uh, coyotes or coyotes. Forgive me, I'm going to stick with coyote because that's uh, what I'm like. Um, but coyotes uh, are... Uh, really master breeders and they're showing up in more urban settings right now because they just keep getting more and more and more of them and they have this thing inside of them that when uh, their population starts to go down they produce larger litters. It's like like a biological thing that they have in them that, that uh, stops us from stopping them. Like, like Mormons. There, there yeah. are certain like <laughs> there are certain parts of America where like it's a full-time job for hunters to just take out coyotes, and once they notice this is going on, they're just like, oh, there's more of me. You'll never get rid of me because like, I can sense that you're, you're killing us. Like, we don't have enough hunters to take out coyotes right now. They're also uh, indiscriminately mating with wolves, so we have this breed of things called kai-wolves that are showing up in cities. They're like these urbanized uh, mix of wolves and coyotes that uh, are showing up everywhere, breeding large swaths of them and uh fearless and eating all of our our shit and like if i had a thing in me that oh the o'briens are dying out and then suddenly there were more of me like that's good because because <laughs> dominance is survival of your species so if i could just like make more little daniels out there whenever we were like we were cornered or in a scrap then uh you know I, I you would can like right when a man yeah, like woman very much <laughs> you lie together <laughs> Shh, he's not ready yet. Kato, <laughs> we've discussed this. Yeah, I feel like you could just like go to genealogy.com or like ancestry.com and just be like, oh, there's less of us. Better have kids. I think we, we have time for one more question, so I want to go with them. Thank Thanks, you, Ryan, Ryan, though. Thank you. Hello. How's it going, guys? Hello. Uh, I'm Lindley. Hi. Uh, okay, Daniel, for one thing, through this entire conversation, I feel like you need a hug. Oh, please I, don't. Please, please, please don't. You just, no, you, you, just, you look so worried to, and scared and, and afraid. No, I'm sorry. No rushing the stage. That um, has nothing to do with I, today. I'm not, I'm not a toucher, so don't worry. Um, uh, you guys are totally glazing over the fact that there is a really, really cute species that runs around free and will take food out of our hands but still has the pathogens of rats and helps spread the plague which took out like two-thirds of europe and that's squirrels you guys have you ever been to a college campus like los angeles valley college uh, yeah, those things are going to take over like tomorrow they'll they'll i've had food literally ripped out of my hand <laughs> by one of those squirrels they're and the sheer number those things mm. <laughs> uh, and then my, my father actually was an entomologist and so we had like the no kill uh, rule in our house so you know we get the cup and get the spider and take it outside and say a prayer for it and hope the winter doesn't kill it and you know lick, call my father worked for Amtrak but we also had a no kill rule in our house <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but we had pet squirrels because I'm southern and uh, we had four pet squirrels and they were hyper intelligent they had ridiculous hearing, and they could hang off anything. Wow. That's actually, I had read a thing where apparently squirrels keep chewing through parts of the power grid, and cool. occasionally it happens at, like, uh, you know, defense facilities or, or missile silos. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I want to keep those wires going, man. So I feel like the real answer is, yeah, squirrels are going to be, like, they're, direct, they're messing with our nuclear weapons. <laughs> Some combination of all of these monsters. Yeah, what if they just formed a super team? <laughs> yeah. But I, I, think, I think if you're, if you're allowing, like... I mean, chewing through cables is one thing that I will give you that's dangerous. But the other thing, if you're just talking about carrying vectors for disease, I don't think we can count that. Because, I mean, I first pitched also, like, gut bacteria. That's 
that inside all of us might change our mood. Uh, there's evidence for that. It could actually like turn us all into robots, but that's still a disease. That's still bacteria. It's not an animal. Not allowing it. Different taxonomy. Uh, and hanging off things, I mean, that's not really a skill. I well, mean, that's, I mean, it is I a skill, like, but it's not like I mean, it's no. not like a sort of dangerous taking over skill. I think there is a point, though, as a man who is speaking to crows, like a crow itself <laughs> is probably not. I mean, I don't know if you're talking to crows. If you do, that's your own business. But if like a crow is sort of a dangerous animal, it's got a beak and it's got claws, but I'm not physically intimidated by it. Its intelligence is what's intimidating. But and if a squirrel is intelligent enough to target our weapon system and disable it, I will yeah. give you it's that. got a different fight. It's fighting. Uh, like me, I'm not going to physically fight you. I'm just going to insult you until you go away. I fight with my mind. You know what I mean? Like that's a because I'm going to lose a physical fight, and I know that. Like I just think that we do. There's something to be said for the animals with a bigger plan. A crow, a squirrel. Like they might. It's subtle. They're not going to claw our faces off, but they will target a missile silo I'm, at us. I'm just saying for the hanging off stuff. Have you never seen a Tom Cruise movie? <laughs> <laughs> do we have a clip? So squirrels are Scientologists. That that's how they're gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I definitely would agree. I feel like squirrels, like they're along with cats. Like they're not going to like overwhelm you with numbers in the same way that an ant is. But like you know, cats are cute, and it's like they sort of get us by lulling us into a false sense and of security. And taxoplasmosis, they're affecting yeah. our minds. And like I think that squirrels are similar, where like we kind of don't think of them as like a potential like ender of the world. But like like you mentioned, they're like they're chewing through like uh, you know they're chewing through cables to weapon systems. They like carry diseases. Like we're, we trust them so much that we will let them snatch food out of our hands. The killer is already I do know they, they do house. take over. Like, um, like Britain used to be covered in red squirrels and now, and then a few American gray squirrels came along and now you just don't see the red ones. So they definitely USA. 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 They definitely have um, that, that, in, that in them. With that, with that burst of patriotism, I think we, we're out of time. <laughs> and uh, guys, thank you so much for coming out. Thank you to July and Jay in the booth and the whole panel here. We're back every second Saturday. And get home safe. Have a good night. Spay and neuter your pets, everybody. Folks, that is the episode for this week. My thanks to Daniel O'Brien, Katie Golden, Caitlin Gill, Joey Clift, and Matt Kirshen, also thanks to July Diaz for engineering and Jay Spaulding for his technical support. And I know we format changed a little today. We got the new music and everything. But you know we aren't going to lose everybody's favorite segment, a little segment we call Footnotes. If you want to know how and why animals could theoretically wreck you. These are the footnotes for you. All kinds of cracked articles and outside articles in there. We've also got the whole lineup of panelists' Twitter accounts in there, so you can just, you know, have fun following them on the internet. And there's one reference from the end of this show that I don't think everybody in the world knows. It's a video of a raccoon who has received cotton candy and applied standard raccoon food protocol to that cotton candy. That's right, it washes the cotton candy in water, cotton candy dissolves, the raccoon is forlorn, and boy, does it have every reason to lead a raccoon revolution against us for that treachery. A, uh, you know, a raccoon-volution, let's say. Also, Brett found the clip of that raccoon from the Japanese TV show that initially introduced it to the world. So if you have seen the gif of it, or whatever, just the visual, I recommend trying it with Japanese narration and sound effects. I am 99% sure the announcer is doing an impression of the raccoon's inner monologue as its food vanishes, and man, nobody does raccoon thoughts better than that person. 
Anyway, if you like the vibe of our live show experience that you just heard, the next live episode of this show is happening Saturday, August 12th at 7 p.m. at UCB Sunset in Los Angeles. August 12th. Our topic will be, what is the best video game universe to live in? And I'll be joined by Cracked Zone, Michael Swaim, and Adam Ganser, the creators of our Escort Mission series. And we'll also be joined by Mike Drucker, Monica Scott, and Brody Reed, because they are gamers and they're comedians you ought to know. It's going to be a really fun panel. If tickets aren't on sale already, they'll be out later this week. To find out, go to UCB Sunset's website or follow Cracked social media. And then uh, the very next month, September, we're bringing the Cracked podcast to New York City. That's right, the other coast. We're performing with two dozen of our favorite other podcasts at the Now Hear This Festival, September 8th through 10th. You can see them all with a single festival pass. Get that at nowhearthisfest.com. We also have a special secret promo code that gets you 20 bucks off your pass. That promo code is cracked. I know we only have a limited number of uses of that code, so I'm sorry if it's been used up, but... Hopefully you can still get it, promo code CRACKED, and you can use that at nowhearthisfest.com to see us along with How Did This Get Made, Comedy Bang Bang, Love It or Leave It, Star Talk Live, Politically Reactive, all kinds of great podcasts. And as far as this episode goes, if you loved it, oh yeah, that's great, man. If you hated it, let me know about it on social media, the platform for human defense, probably, once the animals are marching in the streets. Find me on Twitter under the name at Alex Schmitty. And I'm also on the wider internet at my website, alexschmitty.com. And I produce this show with the one and only Brett Rader. He's on Twitter at Brett Rader, R-A-D-E-R. Anyway, thank you for listening. I remain stoked that we can outro this episode with the horns and other instruments of Chicago Falcon by the Budos Band. And we'll be back next week with more podcasts. How about that? Talk to you soon. Comedy Bang Bang is 500 episodes old this week, and Scott is celebrating with an all-star lineup. Find it right now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to download shows. Hey, it's Paul Shear, and I just want to say a couple words about Comedy Bang Bang. As it reaches its 500 episodes, Scott, you have to know that it's touched so many people. For me, I remember listening to uh, an episode, I think, with uh, Ben Schwartz and Adam Scott while I watched my parents get brutally killed. And while that was a tragic day for me, I just couldn't stop laughing at all the fun that you guys were having. And that's the magic of Comedy Bang Bang. Congratulations, Scott, on 500 episodes of Comedy Bang Bang. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.com